0: Hey, everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Queer Teen Podcast. My name is, uh, I'm super excited about my next guest, not my name. Everyone knows my name. I've been doing this for a while. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. I'm gonna also going gonna inter- to talk about the organization that we're going to learn about today. So take it away, one of you.
1: Awesome. Um, I'm Jacob Toops, everyone. Um, I'm the founder of Rainbow Labs, and I co-founded this organization with um, my co-founder, Luis, and I'll let Luis introduce himself and the organization.
2: Oh. Hello, everybody thank you so much for having me uh super excited i think it's using platforms many different platforms to tell our story and i think this is a great way to to learn about uh rainbow labs i guess my name is luis Vasquez. born and raised here in los angeles and um you know had the honor of serving in the united states navy for for 12 years uh and a little bit of what that looks like and all that other good things that we can get into a little bit more of that uh, but you know while there helped develop a very small scale mentorship program between junior and senior sailors, uh, and saw the value of that, saw, really saw the impact where you can bring people from all over the country to one place, and, you know, the Navy is a lot of things, but that was a very magical thing to, to, to witness and see the value of what that could do, um, and now have spent 15 years um, in youth development, 12, 15 years, and really helping create solutions for our young people, how do we better understand our folks, and I've done it through sports, I coached, uh, then worked with an organization called Upset Sports uh, that does incredible work at bringing in, bringing the trauma informed lens, understanding the brain into inner city programming, and that's really where Jacob and I met. Uh, and it was it was incredible to see that bring it bring it specifically to L.A. East L.A. South L.A. A lot of the times where we really have sports, uh, but then this is a very dynamic way of bringing that, introducing that's coaches into inner city youth. Um, and then you know, eventually went to work for uh, after school provider. And again, at the end of the day, at the core of who I am, it is really, how can I help others? How can I make sure that I turn around and I make sure that the the, the, the ladder is there for those uh, that need to support. And specifically for young black and brown marginalized kids uh, that are growing up and still in 2022 in challenging conversations. We see what's happening in Texas. We see what's happening across the country and the importance of that. Um, And this is really leading me to what Rainbow Labs is. You know, this conversation, this kind of started not because we have all the answers, but we saw some gaps. We saw some of the things that were missing within our partners. We had a lot of partners here in LA that did after school and had the infrastructure and the systems to support the youth, but very small, small fraction of these organizations were, were having conversations about LGBTQ and how do we create this program. Um, and the good thing is that we don't have to recreate the wheel. It's, it's happening. How do we partner with organizations that are already on the ground? There's facilitators, there's practitioners that are doing the work. And so now if we can only go around and t- train people, create a space to have these conversations. I think that's really going to be, that's really our mic drop. Um, we've had a lot of programming, but I'll let Jacob introduced himself and then we'll come back and talk about the things that we do within, the, within our program.
1: Well, Thanks, Luis. Um, And a little bit on my story um, is, uh, you know, I grew up in a small town in Texas, um, just north of Dallas. We didn't have an LGBTQ center. My forms of representation were TV. And in the time of the 90s, it was Will and Grace. Um, Although it was a gay white man, which for folks who can't see me, I am a gay white man. Um, and I still just didn't identify with these characters, they just didn't feel like what I felt like inside. Um, and so that prolonged me from coming out until I was in my 20s. And um, and I just like I think when Luis and I were thinking about Rainbow Labs, we really wanted to ensure that folks didn't have to wait to come out, that they had an advocate for themselves or they had folks in the community. I think the second thing um, you know, that I think about is I wish I would have had an LGBTQ mentor when I was a kid um, to tell me that like the representation on TV is just a very small slice of the population. We just, we didn't get that chance and we had the internet and the internet exploded. um, But like, really there still wasn't that much representation on the internet even as it was growing out. And so I think when we think through, you know, my life and now I live in Los Angeles, um, my husband and I have been married for over three years. We had our third year um, anniversary last month. Um, And uh, we've been together for 10 that I just had the, Fortunateness to stumble upon um, amazing people in my life who, you know, like Luis and other people in these development space, who really care about our community but don't know how to support us. Um, And so there's this very unique bridge that Luis and I built for Rainbow Labs. And I'll just say like, you know, first and foremost that we, um, I, I really do think that whether mentors in my life were not LGBTQ, they actually did support me in some ways, I think they saw for who I was, they just knew that it wasn't a safe space in a high school in Texas to out me, right? And so they just continued to ensure that the relationships that I had with people around me, um, whether that was, and that was one of them was like my band teacher. So whether it was making sure that I was with all my geeky band friends, because as we know, like band is a very safe space for LGBTQ kids because it's where all the weird kids go. Uh, and so by nature, you know, you just, that's where all the, the creative arts is kind of that, our space and where we belong. And many of those um, mentors and those teachers are folks who protect you. And so they may not come out and say it, but they perform actions in the background that allow you to stay stable. And so I was fortunate because that was sort of my through line and then being able to finally come out and be my true self in my 20s. Um, And so I'm really excited because I think when Luis and I were thinking about Rainbow Labs, which we'll share more about here in a second, um, this isn't a... Uh, organization that we wish we had. I think Luis and I agree, we wish we had this, but I think that when you're building a nonprofit in this day and age, you shape it around the people now. Being 18, 16, 12 now is way different than what ever
0: was. It is not even the same thing. I I wouldn't have thought of this thing. This was not a thing on my mind. I was doing... No, I talk about that all the time because... Just so you got this, the, the message, the mission that you're doing though, does speak my language. You're actually the, the, the closest to what I do um, the, out of any, all the people that i talked to all over the world, you have the exact like mission and idea of just like bridging the gap and like bringing people in. And we all had our mentors. I had people that looked up to me. I had my theater teacher, that was like my safe haven. Um, it was not the same. There was not, everything's so much faster now too. And kids come out yes. way younger. Um, all those statistics are coming out now. There's way more gay people in the world now. I'm like, they're, they've always been there. There's just like a place for them to come out and feel safe. <laughs> I was like, they've always been there. It's not like an influx of gay people. That doesn't happen. It's just it's just now there's uh, places like your organization and, and so forth that uh, is really, it's just, it's allowing, it's a, a, allowing it to be.
1: Yeah, and and I think that when we acknowledge that being 12, 16, and 18 in this day and age, um, you know, one thing when Luis and I were shaping Rainbow Labs is, we didn't have smartphones, so I can't just go on a dating app and find people in my community. I can't be on Discord with the other kids chatting with LGBTQ folks in some digital space. I also and I did, did, have digital,
0: I did have digital space. I mean, I did have my, like, video chat. and
1: stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a different kind of digital space. It was. Um, it was a different yeah. And then, you know, you can order an Uber, right? So you can bypass privacy law and, like, everything under 18. And in one second, you could be at the bars in your town that are LGBTQ. And so I think... I think what drives Luis and I, and we don't want to act out of fear, we want to act out of optimism is there's such amazing tools to connect and the youth just don't know how to use it properly. And they also don't see that there's traps in some of these tools, right? Like there are folks in our community that are, loving and supportive. And then there are other folks who are still a little bit lost. Um, And we wish want to ensure that the kids sort of are guided um, by some really great folks in our community who feel that they're grounded in their own mental health, to be honest, or who are grounded in in their own identities, who could be or are ready to be leaders for folks of the next generation. So I think a lot of what we acted out, we thought about this was how do we ensure we create, I think by just simply creating this, Luis and I recognized it was already something we didn't have. Um, and then the next step was thinking through um, how do we make this for kids today, right? Like how do we really respond to their needs? So with that, um, I can, I'll can i pass it to Luis to talk more about the organization.
0: Aren't you too good at just ping-ponging to of each other, <laughs>
1: like you should do something together. <laughs> Long
0: time.
2: I don't have to do anything. Keep
1: talking. Go. <laughs> Go ahead, Luis. You're on mute.
2: You're on mute, Louise. It's good. The first thing we wanted to do to ensure that we, not, we weren't replicating is going out and do focus groups. How do we talk to the community? How do we listen to what's out there? As a young person from East Los Angeles, it, East LA was really known for the machismo the culture, it just was not very accepting. And ironically enough, we have found that a lot of the work, our folks, you know, we talk, we talk about standing on people's shoulders. I'm similar to folks that have led this path. For you know, you have incredible mentors like Richard, the executive director from The Wall, that really have spent some time doing the groundwork for us to be able to come and have conversations now to the degree that we need to have them. As we did the focus groups, you know, I really thought that youth were gonna say, I want the largest Taj Mahal with every gay uh, whistle and bells and flags. And the truth of it, I think two things came out of that. I just want a caring adult in my life. um, And then I just want a space where I feel safe and I feel seen. Uh, And that really has become what we wanna do now. We wanna make sure that we elevate, uplift young voices, um, making sure that you know we build a youth council. That we pay our young folks because too many times they kind of just go through the motion, do their things, and then they go sit down. We want to make sure that we're elevating, we're teaching financial literacy, and moving these ten incredible youth through our youth councils. Uh, when we talked about programming, what was important? You know, one of the stories I, I went. P is a, a supported group all over the country, but I had the honor of uh, visiting one of the P Flag, the only P Flag Espanol across the entire country. And one of the parents there said, she said, can I share a story with you? And I was like, yeah, please do. And she said, when, I, when, my, when my kids first came out or my daughter first came out, they wanted me to call them they them theirs. In Spanish, and this was a conversation in Spanish. And in Spanish, she's like, that makes no sense to me. Uh, not only grammatically did it not make any sense, she was my daughter. But she said, the one place I ran to was to church because at church, they speak my language and they are they're educated elders. And, uh, and to like and now looking back, that probably wasn't the place, but that was another huge thing for us, make sure that we're translating the things that, all the things that we're doing. There's still a lot of LA still have a, a huge population of uh, immigrants. And so making sure that not only are students being uplifted and creating the space for them to be seen as themselves, whether it's pronoun, whether it's gender, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, but also, parents having the space to explore these new conversations uh, and those have really been at the forefront to ensure that we're creating a space of and programming that's inclusive for everybody and you know we're launching we're, we're now we're excited to launch our first uh, softball baseball team with the dodgers um, be, being able to create a space within sports for it to be inclusive uh, we're not the pioneers uh, but still the folks that have done the work before us that we can now say you know, work. I found the the torch. There's many other organizations in LA that are currently carrying that torch to ensure that all of our young folks are are seen and taken care of.
0: Of course I mean you know there's just has to be more, more and more and more and more and more until it seems like okay we're actually including everybody because especially in sports especially in those like groups and ideas like the whole idea of being masculine makes means that uh, it makes uh, we're all groomed to believe one thing when we're raised and a lot of the textbooks that we read and the way people raise us and boys have like blue and girls like pink and and you can only be you can't be gay and like the military or the army or whatever like there's all these different things that we've just created it's all made up uh to push people down uh I don't know why we're so mean to humans we so mean to each other um but you know I just think it's just I think it's a great organization and it's youth driven i will be I'll, I'll only do youth like i am i mean i talk to adults but i'm saying like i will literally stand by and for in front for queer youth the rest of my life because i hear stories i get people to write to me all the time that their 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 child killed themselves or um they i speak to a lot of people over in africa who are stuck in this horrible place right now because of a lot of the laws over there and and the work in, in india and it's just if we're not doing it together we're not doing it at all you know so that's the truth and that's why that's why I was so drawn to your um organization now you talked about your organization which is really great but now you can talk about yourselves a little bit and uh tell me a little bit about your stories just a, just a little you can tell me everything or tell me nothing but just just a little
2: yeah I mean so first off uh I well, I guess what you call came out late in my life I was really 30, 31, when I started to openly say it out to folks. Uh, again, I awesome. grew up in East L.A. I grew up in East L.A. grew up in a very loving, caring family. But uh, there was a lot of, I, we think we know, but let's just not talk about it. Let's avoid it. Um, and that, that's kind of how I led my life. Of course, if I'm not out, what do I do? I run to the one entity in the entire world that is don't ask, don't tell, ironically enough. Um, makes sense then, then there, actually it makes sense
0: no it makes mentally it makes sense yeah you'
2: are like yeah, oh, I don't well, have to deal with it I'm gonna avoid it right and then you just if that's the one place I feel safe and so you know doing yeah. that for doing that for 12 years um and then always really feeling like there's something about sports that really compelled me and you know you could think that these are spaces that you know historically haven't been safe places but for some reason I found I found the brotherhood and there was there was a long time that I spent i struggled with it because I, I really enjoyed my time in the military you know I did I was on a on a carrier then I served on ships and I served on on planes and helicopter units and I generally enjoyed it but my identity that one identity wasn't allowed Men and sports kind of felt the same way I had to figure out what hat I was going to walk into when I walked into different spaces and at the end of the day that's what, what's important to me mentoring folks to know that we can wear all the hats I have the honor to oh. one of our young one of our young folks in our group uh, you know, one day in the, in the, in the afternoon, he does floporico and full hair, full dress. And then that evening, he goes and plays soccer and is a, an incredible forward that makes goals and he really carries the entire team. Um, and for a long time, you couldn't, you couldn't be both. There was no conversation about creating a space for that. And now there's nothing out there. We can create spaces for those folks. And so um, I now have a partner. i now, and still, I still, even the thought of being here and saying it out loud and it's going to get to the world makes me a little nervous. But I think I got to make sure that I'm creating a path for the young folks behind me to say, ah, look. And if you saw me, listen, I'm 6'3, I'm 230 pounds. Uh, and so yeah I'm, I look I look tough I'm not that tough Jacob knows this stuff big old teddy bear yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. which also you know it's also important to know who's in your community uh my coming out story really came out from seeing Jacob Jacob we and I we, we would work we worked together and he would go into meetings and Jacob was him and and he's a go-getter and we would be in meetings people like did he just come out did he just come out and I'm like yeah yeah but he didn't skip a beat it wasn't like he talked about Tuesday Wednesday and being married to a man all within the same thought. and like I had never seen that before. I had never seen somebody, everybody that I knew was very scared or didn't quite mention it even if it was uh, obvious. And to so have seen a guy like carry himself that way I was like, that's special. I need to be part of something with him and we've just become friends and now here we are to creating a, a, an organization that creates a safe space for others.
0: That is, Thank you for sharing. That is a great story and a very inspiring story. And someone is going to hear that and do the same thing. And that's just all there is to it. That's it. They're going to do the same thing because of you. Jacob.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, mine is tailored to a little bit of what I shared, right. Which is not being out in in high school um, and like not being able to be my true self. It really wasn't until college i went on a backpacking trip with my brother and two of my friends um we went up to the sierras uh and this is in November, and like the long story short is that it was four of us, and one of my friends decided to just like go off trail. And that's that's never a good idea to just like go off trail, especially in November. And the Probably month. not. Um, Probably and not. he's like, let's just go off trail. And I was like, okay, you know, uh, at the time it was a trail that would go sort of in a U shape, and then this provided sort of a through line to you, and it was a shortcut. Um, ironically enough, that was a veteran, which is so funny because life kind of pulls you in different directions. Um, and we got lost. Um, And there was moments where I saw my younger brother like fall in the snow because it had started to snow. And so at one point it started snowing so heavily that, um, you know, we didn't pack for a snow camping trip. We were literally packing for a regular backpacking trip. It was supposed to be a couple of days. And so time was just like of essence. Um, And there were moments in that experience in which I was just like, wow, if I ever get out of this experience, I will never, ever not be myself. I'll never, ever not be in a tough situation. Um, I don't owe anything to anyone in my life. Um, and I don't need to sort of like hold back on that. And it was, uh, it was also just like this really intense, like, uh, experience that revealed or pushed away toxic masculinity, um, because it was, you know, at the time, um, four guys going camping or going backpacking, and like at one point we were literally huddled in our sleeping bags with each other. There was no fear of like, don't touch me or whatever. It was like, no, this is a survival instinct. Like we need to be together and create warmth in order for us to survive. And it and we're gonna throw away all that like notions of like being a man and we're gonna actually lean into, you know, being friends, right? And having emotional connections because it's a tough situation. So the long and the stor- short story is that like, we made it out and it was great. And that was the promise that I made to myself. I, I said, like, I will no longer be, you know, not my true self with folks around me. And so that coming out experience really started to unravel. And I'm very fortunate because my parents are very affirming. So I, I have very affirming and loving parents. Um, I met my husband here in Los Angeles and, um, and his parents and family are very affirming and he's half Mexican Armenian. Um, and so we are also fortunate because we have cultures that really embrace like who we are like when i see his family it's it's nothing of it right it's just like another person another spouse and so i think like in the echelon of like being able to be in the most safe and affirming place in my life i wasn't there for a really long time and i was and we all know this extremely fortunate to land in the situation that i met extremely safe affirming husband who has a great head and his shoulders loving family affirming and so in some instance when i'm when i wake up every day i think about I'm really lucky. And how many more people can get into this situation? Like how many more people can we work so that they can have something relatively similar to what I have? Um, because I know what it feels like and it feels so easy when you're in this space. Um, and that's simply it right and so when i'm thinking and i'm working with luis on the organization that's what i'm constantly thinking about is how do we even create and shed light on some of that stuff and so that's like my story um on just like my coming out and i try to live life a little like fearlessly but i also really want to recognize the fact that i'm still gay and white um and so i'm still wake- welcome in some spaces but i also have leverage and power and i think that where there's a reckoning that needs to sort of happen in the LGBTQ space that gay white men occupy a lot of the space. They've la- they've laid like a very, very solid foundation because the policy and everything that's been acted over the last 10 years would not be without them. So it's not like that, but it's also like, you know, we see that many kids of color in our community aren't nearly as supported. And so it's like Luis at the beginning of his story, how do we bring a ladder down to like the next um, generation of folks, the next kinds of folks that need that extra leg up in our community. And oftentimes I feel like when you're inside the community and you are white that you tend to forget that like, you're a part of a marginalized community, but you still hold power. um, And you still owe it to the other people inside of our community to recognize that you do have more power outside of this. And so I always think about when you talked about the policy and everything and the challenges that happen and like why certain things are happening now. And I think a lot of it is around power struggles um, and recognizing our own power and admitting to it. And it's not a shameful thing. It's just, how do we bridge that gap, right? In power.
0: Well, people need to back the fuck up. That's what they need to do. Uh, <laughs> so, and uh, and, it, and it's not just, it's just everywhere right now. It's just a mm-hmm. crazy, crazy world, especially in America, good Lord. Um, yeah, and I, and I and I thank you for sharing that. I think that's really great. I mean, what a cool story. I mean both of yours are great stories. And they're they're com- completely different, yet completely the same. Because, you know, you wait you waited to come out, but yet when you came out, you know, the thing was like you just developed this really great space for yourself. And it wasn't it's not as bad, but the problem is people tell you it's bad when you grow up and like it's a horrible thing. Oh, you don't talk about it. And and, and you then you get groomed. believing something and you're like that doesn't but it doesn't tend to i mean like in america right now specifically right so like everyone seems so angry and nothing just happened in texas and but i will say like i would i would hope that over most of the people do not actually care um it's just the people that are in power are just messing it up for everybody so i tell everybody just go vote locally first of all just pay attention to your local government So I tell everybody, I will tell everybody that till I'm blue in the face, literally blue. Uh, Pay attention to your local government because that's where it starts and that's where it actually spreads out and and causes a lot of greatness and a lot of harm. So uh, thank you for sharing these stories. I think your organization is fantastic. It's just another tool. It's another resource. I try to get as many resources as I can on here in the summer. Um, with the adults, or uh, there are some really cool queer-led um, uh, youth queer-led organizations too that um, are doing just much doing the work that you're doing, but in different states like in Florida and stuff. So, just gotta bring it all together and work together. It's only one planet well, that we know of, so we're doing it here. So that's cool. Thank you. The uh, last thing, two 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 things that I, uh, I like to get. Uh, out of you before you leave is, the first thing is, and you both can answer this, what are some words of wisdom you can give to my career youth listeners? Oh, now they're quiet.
2: Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we always talk about community and I, I have built other networks on other parts of my career in my neighborhood, in sports, but, creating a community and a network within my LGBTQ world seemed like impossible. Uh, I remember, I remember when I first went on a date with the guy and we went, and I was like, we got to go to the movies. Well, why the movies? Because Nobody could see us there. And then like, and then I just, I remember sitting there. I'm a grown man. I'm like 20, I don't know, 28, 29 years old. And I remember just everyone would walk into the movies and I felt like they were looking at me. Like, and now I look back and I'm like, how silly was that? But it's, But not until you start seeing people, you know, for me it was like Jacob and others living their best genuine life. Nobody nobody not that nobody cares. There's so challenges and I'm not taking that away from others. But for me. Nobody really cares, and to this day, I still make up these stories about like, well, they won't pay me the same, or they won't want to be my friend, or they won't play sports with me, or they won't want to go camping with me. And the truth of it is, as you're saying, it's I've been conditioned to think that it's not a safe space. And so, I think the biggest thing for me is to go and find others in the space, and they don't. You don't have to like everybody in the gay space. It's uh, you know, there's been some challenges, uh, but. If, if there's LGBTQ folks that love blue hats and you love a blue hat, go hang out, guys with blue hats. There's, there's so much within the space and there's so many shades of it. Um, I remember also thinking, like going to what Hollywood once, and I was like, this is, if, this is, if this is what being gay is, I, I don't quite identify with it and it was challenged. And, and, and so, and those, those, those moments, I kind of was like, you see, this is why I don't come to these places. But in retrospect, now there's so many other shades and there's so many opportunities to build so many others and still the value of places that I I felt uncomfortable with, like with Hollywood. But now I see the value. I I see it as a place of convening. It's a place of celebration. It's a place of bringing together folks from all over the city and all over the county. And now East LA is really becoming a staple within the LGBT community. So being able to challenge and, and explore and look at different things you know, these wonderful, these wonderful things that we have in our hands all day long as a resource to find spaces to be be, be in comfort and be in others. Uh, also, there's a lot of things. I know our, our Instagram um, at Rainbow Labs, we share a lot of resources. But there's many, many different organizations that are on social media that are very, very helpful. That even for myself at this age, I, I feel something like a 15-year-old because I didn't, I didn't quite have, come in, have that coming out story. So I, there's still some content that I still really enjoy, and maybe not as a grown adult, but just I, 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 I'm really in it because it's, it helps me tell my story. It helps me create some, some, some sense of comfort uh, around this. So building network, building community around different identities, I think it's valuable and important.
1: Cool. Thanks, Luis. And I would just say, um, I, there's some a really cool phrase, and sort of flipping the script a little bit. Um, we talk about uh, people's coming out journeys and like waiting and you know figuring that out. I think everyone gets to choose when they feel the safest. I think honoring the fact that like you need to feel safe in order to come out. But I hate the word coming out, and I like to start using the word inviting in. I think we invite in people into our lives. Coming out is relatively triggering. I think inviting folks into your life is inviting people along with your journey. And so it's a little bit more empowering. And so what I would say to youth is, think about who you wanna invite into your life. Um, They should be very special people. Um, And it's not about you having to tell people who you truly are, but it's more about inviting people into your true self. And so I hope that like the next generation of queer youth really understand that they own their own narrative, their own personal narrative. No one else should do that. Um, and so you get to choose who to invite in. And if anyone outs you, they're not a part of your inviting in process.
0: That's nice. I like them. Good job. I like it. And where can they find all of the things on the internet for you guys? Cool. And what did you say? It says rainbow labs on Instagram.
1: Rainbowlabs.org. And then our Instagram is at rainbow underscore labs. And that's it. We're on TikTok, but it's not as active. If a youth is hearing <laughs> us and they want to manage our TikTok, please email us at info at, at org and we will give you the power to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: What a great organization. You can actually go to rainbowlabs.org to get more information, the mission, the goal, the everything and everything and anything. It's a great organization. I'm glad I got connected with these two. Also, if you want to get connected to more fun and exciting things, uh, you can obviously (laughs) check out QueerUniverse.org. And it's your one-stop shop for all things queer and loving. I have my merchandise on there, comic book. Um, What else? All the podcast episodes are always updated on there. What I'm doing is always updated on there. And that's it. I have some exciting news to announce soon. And I love you all. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.